I'm Lieutenant Pat Doring, Crisis Negotiator from TwoGuysTalkingStarWars.com, and you're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Ready to conceive solutions to problems in an atmosphere free of political correctness? Find a new sense of purpose at WadeSense.com. That's WadeSense.com. Welcome to Wade Sense the Podcast. I am your host, Wade B. Olson, the Sage of St. Louis. Across from me sits this program's technical savior, the one and only Mr. Mike Wilkerson. It's time to be saved. At least save this program from my wanderings. Anyway, <laughs> before we do anything, Mike, I want to take the time to pass on a tribute to my neighbor, Terry Hargis. Mm. I'm not exactly sure how old Terry was when he passed. I know he had to have been in his early to late 60s, I am guessing. Mm. I didn't want to ask his widow, just for the purpose of this program. Sure. We moved in across from Terry uh, almost six years ago this month, and I can't say enough kind things about him. The man was the kindest, sweetest, most helpful person that I ever met. We would talk to each other across the street, I'd go over there and try and talk to him over his cacophony of hounds barking. But Terry was always helping, always wanting to help. And, and we re- I really needed that help because I, I'm i happy if I can screw a light bulb in correctly. And mm. Terry had the kind of knowledge that he passed on freely. He passed away of a cancer-related illness about the beginning of the month. I wasn't even aware. I didn't even find out he'd passed away until two weeks after that. And I honestly thought that we would have him uh, until spring, and it didn't work out that way. He had his uh, diagnosis on the 31st of October. They said that he had just a little while left, and he was gone two days later. Wow. Yeah, I know. And it just it wow. happens that fast. And I just I want everybody out there in this day and age when we don't get to know our neighbors, take the time, know the person next to you across the street from you, find out a little bit about them. You may find out that you've got a neighbor who's just as wonderful as uh, Terry was. So, Terry, rest in peace. Guys, I know everybody right now is starting to uh, put together their Christmas lists and who it is that you're shopping for. If you're anything like me, you probably have passed a number of people who are in the service or were in the service and wish them a heartfelt thank you for their service. Maybe you thought about there was something that you wanted to do for them. Uh, I recently came across a posting on my Instagram from IBK Designs and originally from Republic of Loreland. And this is what they said. When filling out your Christmas cards this year, please consider taking one, taking one card and sending it to this address. A recovering American soldier, care of Walter Reed Army Medical Center, 6900 Georgia Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., 20307-5001. If you get a minute when you're filling out your cards to people that you've known and loved your whole life, take just a little bit longer and fill out a card and send it to a soldier. I know that they would really appreciate it. Agreed. The only other thing that I've heard recently that makes more sense is when it comes to uh, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, that you tell a veteran, I won't forget. That makes a lot more sense. I've always felt really strange saying Happy Veterans Day or Happy Memorial Day when it's not that type of a day. It's a day to be remembered. It's a day to never forget. So if there's something that I can pass on an empty platitude, I would love to be able to do that. And that's manners, which is what I want to get into our main topic today, 
it, it sounds like I'm going to do a mismanners type thing, and that's not it. I think that there's so many times in society today, whether it's local or national or international, where we need to remember manners. And the instance that brings this all to a head right now is the recent goings-on in the White House with the uh, press conference where Jim Acosta uh, briefly lost his press pass. And I, I think the question that comes down to it is, where is the line? Where is the line between manners slash decorum and your First Amendment rights? And I want to discuss that today on, on our program. Do you have any thoughts on that, Mike? I do. I have a lot of thoughts in regard to manners, but you use the word decorum, and I love the word decorum because it's something that's almost completely lost in just about every semblance I can think of right now. Everywhere. Every single place. And, and you and I had searched the news stream just to go and find a scant few to fill the meat topic portion. Mm-hmm. But we we honestly just don't have enough time to talk about all of the instances of what happened to manners. Right. And we're not talking about you know, a book that needs to be absorbed to go and speak to Queen Elizabeth. Right, no, we're no. Not, we're not talking about some giant book of mantra that you must memorize to make things smooth. Please, we're talking thank about you. Some, Wait your turn. Yeah. You know, things like that. Simple yeah. things. The, 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 the value of the, the small pieces of social fabric that allow us to, to just at least coexist. Right. And I think that a lot of times those are, are not only missing, but they're shat on. Right. And I don't, I don't think that it's fair that that happens, but more importantly, when it's called into question and then the person that calls it into question is admonished about it, I think is even more dumb. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, why? Why Why is this yeah. Why is this even something that needs to be discussed? It's something that should be expected, and that is where we've lost it. We've lost as to what it is to be expected. It's to be expected that when, you're, when someone's walking towards the door, if you just walked in, stop for a minute. Hold the door for them. I mean, I know this sounds like really simple, inane stuff. But I read once where manners are the common grease that that holds our society together, that keeps things moving efficiently. And when you think about it, when someone does that, when someone does the, the least little nicety without even being asked, it makes me feel a little bit better. Without question. Day. Yeah. So once again. Well, not only does it allow you to feel better about you and your day, it helps you propel to then eventually, because you're in a better mood, make the same instance for somebody else. Right. Pass it on. Pay it and forward. Not even so much that, because I, I I don't have a problem with somebody saying, well, now you pay that forward. Right. I do have a problem with that. Well, if, yeah. If, 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 like I don't, that. if I don't want to pay it forward, I'm not going to. Right. How about we all just have a good day and use some manners? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if we, if we leave it there, everything will be just fine. Right. So and the- that that's missing. That's missing. Uh, there's a whole bunch inside the news stream that... We can obviously focus on. We're going to focus on five different things that just, again, off the top of the head and looking at a new stream, we were able to come up with. Yeah, it's funny. When we when you first started to put together a little list and I was sitting on my side writing it down on pen and paper. First what is thing- this pen and paper thing that you speak of? <laughs> yes, I know. I'm so low tech. And I'm laughing, but you know why I'm laughing? Because I'm crying inside because I just ordered another freaking notebook. Well, I did too. But I told you that. I know, and I, I actually I have one here the uh, the the wave notebook, the one that you can erase with super hot microwaves. I'm getting huh? its cousin. Huh? Yeah, we, we we've talked about that. Have you forgotten about that already? I don't remember. Old man it's with me. no memory. Oh, there go my manners. So sorry. Dude, I have no. Yeah, <laughs> I have no short term memory. You oh, know okay. that. Well, the the bottom line is that I've ordered another notebook. It's the cousin. To this one, and that one, you actually use the same style pen, but instead of heat, you just wipe it down like a whiteboard. 
Okay, yeah, and, and I, the pen I think that's on. the one that I just ordered too. Okay, the one that you sent to, to, to me. Yeah, yeah, notice. Yeah, but anyway, so th- those will be here sometime before Christmas, and we'll we'll be sure to talk about those. Yeah, because honestly, the reason I got one originally and why I have that one that, that is here on the desk mm-hmm. is to try and give you something to bridge your want and need to be writing something down mm-hmm. with the ability to very quickly take what you've written down and convey it to not only myself but also to the editor staff that can compile the show notes for the episode. Okay, great. I see exactly where you're going with that. Right. That's, that is the reason why I got mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But as I said, as I was sitting here writing down the list as you were typing yours up, the first thing that came unbidden to my mind was things that I learned in kindergarten. Mm. I was just thinking, it's like, once again, why? Why is this stuff that, that we even have to talk about? It should just be expected. Do you remember the, the things that you learned in kindergarten? Do you know what that list is? I'll bet you don't. <sighs> And I'm I'm actually speaking from the instance of saying those words, and then somebody calling me out on it, where they go, "What? What? What exactly is that list?" Okay, and I couldn't. Probably something along the lines of, you know, put your hand up and wait to be picked, or speak, hold a door for somebody, wash your hands after eating. We're going to have a link to the whole list. Oh, please do inside of the show notes for this episode. Yes, please do. Because I'll go back and I'll look at it and go, yeah, that's the one I forgot. I, I guarantee we're going to stumble on at least one of them by the end of this segment. In fact, maybe that's what we'll do is we'll we'll just give the contents of this segment. <laughs> and then at the end, we'll go and look at the short list of what those things are. And then we'll go, whoops, just to see what happens. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. First thing that we're going to talk about is what happened with Jim Acosta and the White House press meeting. And if something should be readily, once again, apparent, it's that when you're speaking to the president of the United States... This is a place for manners. This isn't a place where you interrupt someone when they're trying to talk to you. If you're gonna if you're gonna have that kind of respect for a family member or a friend, why would you not have that? Especially in this most public, most sacred of places uh, in in our government. I was just thinking about my days when I was in Twinbrook Elementary School in the second grade. Okay. And the reason I remember follow that, us back, children, to the day di- right. back, <laughs> back to 1877. <laughs> Uh, when I was in second grade at Twinbrook Elementary School, just outside of Chicago in Schaumburg, I can vividly remember somebody saying, what are you going to be? And they're running through the room. And, you know, there was a whole bunch of answers. I'm going to be a cop. I'm going to be a professional football player. Right. You know, I'm going to be an author. And then someone came in there and I'm going to be president. And like everybody would look around and they'd all go, ooh. Right, right. Because there was not only prestige, there was this this unknown, unnamed quality that also heralded the vaunted moniker of President of the United States. It right. Was, it, it's, it's right. It was it's almost, almost magical. Like president slash king. Yes. It really is. Yeah, it absolutely. really is. Absolutely. And it is our royalty. It, yes. The, the, the neat part is that there are not only stair steps of royalty that we recognize and mm-hmm. have inside of the United States, but there is a, at least a fundamental decorum that's also supposed to be in place. And when it's not, it's really a big deal. At least it used to be. Because what we've seen in just the last couple of weeks from a man that is asking five and six questions of the president. Right. Not only pointedly, but very just back of the handedly. Right. And then not waiting for answers, More, moreover, is it's not acceptable. It's not an acceptable practice. No, it's not. Because like I said, if you wouldn't. Like, like we always try and teach in this program, if you can't understand it from a national perspective, just break it down to your house. If you're sitting in your home and somebody who's a guest in your home 
you're in a conversation with them and they're constantly interrupting you or throwing question after question after question for you without waiting for you to answer it. How are you going to be reacting to them? What are you going to think? Are you even going to want that person to be in your home? Right. Because this is and, and this what, is our what, White House, but it is also his home. And what kind of conversation can you have when there is no time for, for answers of any kind? None. None at all. I know that when someone bullet questions me on something, it never goes anywhere. There's always some negative impact that has, whether it's on a whole general relationship or the fact that the questions that could get answers, there's simply no time to convey the answers because you don't want to provide an- the, the 13 answers to questions you can't remember anymore because there was never any time to answer the question. Right. That's just a gotcha moment. And that's that's the whole point of it. It's like, look at me, look at me. I'm so smart. Look, I'm catching him on this. And it's it's like, that's right. positively ridiculous. Right. It's and just it, like you said in the last podcast when you were talking about that. Well, what do you think? And then it's like, well, why is what I think? It's like, well, wait, what happened to you wanting to hear what it was that I want, what, what I had to say? <laughs> right. That is not a yes. conversation. You're just, at that point, it's like when you fight yeah. with somebody, if you're just trying to make points for the fight, what's the point? Are you not trying to come to some kind of a solution? Right. You're an orator instead of someone in a discussion. Exactly. And it's terribly frustrating because it should never have to be like that. Right. In particular on what is our highest royalty pedestal. Yeah, it, exactly. It, it doesn't get any more awesome than you can look at a dude that is, quote, just a reporter right. standing in front of the president asking questions that should and can get answers. Right. As long as you give him time to give answers. Right. You know, we were all coming from, we're all <laughs> I, coming from the same the same starting yeah. point in large in life. And this is a guy who's at the top of his network in front of a gentleman who's rose to the highest office in the land. Respect the office at the very least. If you were going to re- ask me to respect you for being the chief reporter for a news network, then you should offer. Then you should give me the same respect. Once again, why is this something that even needs to be spoken? It should be expected. Right. Celebrity admission of character assassination. It is absolutely insane that you can drag things up from twenty, thirty years ago when whatever it was that happened. Most times there was some kind of a mutual agreement, but now I'm going to bring this up 30 years later and just blindside you with this. At what right. point? At what point and is the statute of limitations, the unspoken statute of limitations, kick in? Right. What are you expecting to gain from this the, character assassination? Right. The most important part about this too is that this is not screaming or streaming from one side. It's happening on both sides, mm. and that's why I wanted to make sure we talked about it because for every Kavanaugh there is, there's now also. Michael Douglas, yeah, who apparently a production assistant from the 80s, has risen up out of nowhere and has said that Michael was masturbating in front of her. Right. Okay, I, I get it. It's not good. If you're right. addressing you, probably shouldn't be masturbating in front of people. I agree it's bad. Right. But, there but was it was 30 years ago. What, yeah. What, 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 what is the plan? What, why? And why was it not important enough to mention back then? Was it only just a job and you didn't want to lose it? Or why now? I think why now? Because in the eyes of uh, the media and, and, and the public, it's become fashionable, the whole Me Too thing. It's like, oh, look, wait a minute. I've got a moment where I was hurt, where I was whatever, held over a barrel. And now I'm going to go ahead and bring this to the light. You know, look at me. Yeah. I was spotlight. Right. spotlight. I was going to bring this into a spotlight. It, right. It's it's now another form of entertainment. Like some people love to go places and just bitch about things 
that's their form of entertainment. Well, now this is a public form of entertainment. It's right. like, feel for, feel sorry for me. This and, is what happened. And unfortunately, the bottom line is that if someone, regardless of whether it's male, female, on whichever side, right. says this X happened and it was not acceptable. Right. And if you look across and somebody goes, you're right. Unfortunately, it never happened. Okay. Traditionally, you'd go, okay, well, you know what? There is no evidence to uncover. In, in an instance we have where the FBI even investigates and there's still nothing left. Mm-hmm. So how do you just like break out life's pencil and erase that problem? And the answer is you can't. No, you can't. Because I could say right now, lacrosse, and you would think kids from Duke that were accused of falsely accused of rape, it does not matter. Those guys will have that on their right it, it, as long as living memory as it, long as living memory it's that the will crimson letter for them right yeah, absolutely exactly. regardless of whether they were exonerated which if i'm not mistaken they were were they not I, yes they were okay so that's kind of why i wanted to make sure we talked about this because it's not just leaning one way or the other many of the larger cases have been leaning in one direction but it is across the board now where everybody is coming forward decades later, multi-decades later. And the part that's the most messed up is that when people say, because I'm a woman, you have to believe me over a man. Wait a minute, are we not both on the same equal playing field? And here's the other thing as well. There were cases where it really did need to be brought up, where things really did need to be addressed, like the whole thing that happened with Bill Cosby and multiple women coming forward and actually proving what happened. And, and he went to trial, and now and, and, he, and then he ended up in prison. That happened. Harvey Weinstein, I hope that's exactly what ends up with happening. But a lot of people in, Ho- in Hollywood knew that what was going on with him, and because he was such a big mogul, it's like, we're just going to let this pass. But now, meanwhile, you've got instances like this case with Michael Douglas and this woman coming forward. Like I said, it's now national entertainment. You are taking something that actually did mean something, the whole Me Too movement, and you're diluting it. You're making light of it. Realizing that stealing, no matter how it slow it happens, is still stealing. Once again, this is, this is something that should just be understood and the funny thing that I'm thinking of is, you've seen the movie Office Space, Mike, haven't you? Where oh, yeah, yeah. The whole scene where they're, they're the penny thieves, and it's supposed right. to be slow yeah, theft. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, well, it's, you're still stealing. Yeah. It's like, no, we're not stealing. We're just taking a penny here and a penny yeah. there. there. Inside of uh, there's a, a forum that we've mentioned before, it's called Code of Character. And inside of that forum recently, Justin asked a question. And the the bottom line that he was trying to get eventually, too, was... I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Of course, mentioning meatloaf. Meatloaf. <laughs> okay? And I smart-assedly responded, and I go, well, you know what? I won't eat meatloaf. I hate meatloaf. I don't like that waft of ketchup tomato flavor inside a meatloaf. Uh-huh. I was being a smart-ass, but right. it's true. I don't, yeah. I, I, I'll do I anything love for I love, love meatloaf. but I won't eat meatloaf. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't care for it. And also inside of there, you know, a lot of people would go, well, you know, I will not lie. I will not. Steal, which actually brings us to our topic here, Okay, which is stealing is stealing. Case in point, the most recent thievery tale that I will share with you in the audience is something called the inchworm thieves. Are you familiar with this? <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. This I wait is, with bated ears. I'll bet you do. This was actually a segment we could actually put inside the dummy codes, and we chose not to. All right. Just because it, fit, it fits in perfectly to exemplify what we're talking about here. All right. You don't steal, especially if... You and your five compatriots decide to break into a grocery store after it closes at night and then proceed inch by inch by inch on your stomach on the floor to foil 
the security cameras. Oh, I didn't know where you were going. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the dumbest video I've seen in a long time. But it exemplifies that, one, the reason you don't steal is because stealing is bad. Right. Yes. But the reason that you don't inchworm steal and be an inchworm thief is because, not surprisingly, you get caught. <laughs> because when you're moving inch by inch across the floor, not surprisingly, the cops show up and they laugh at them first you. and then. <laughs> So <laughs> nothing, nothing good awaits those that steal. But it, again, it exemplifies a focal point that's missing inside of a tiny little bit of manners. You don't steal, right? You don't be a thief. You don't want to live a life of thievery. And 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 so that was definitely one that we found out of the news stream that I, I thought everyone would get a good kick out of. Listen, I know that there's this whole ongoing argument, sometimes raging, sometimes just a whisper of. Separation of church and state. But I do remember growing up, I am old enough that I remember, even at that point still, there was a little plaque that was next to the door that had the Ten Commandments on it. And if you want to go ahead, fine, take out the ones that have any reference to, uh, to God. There are enough things in there that make absolute sense. And one of them is don't steal, don't lie, don't kill. I mean, there's nothing now that is adding to the moral compass that people have. There's nothing out there that is teaching what you do and what you don't do. And I think that's part of the reason why people today just a lot of times act like they have no sense of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Maher versus Lee. Bill Maher, someone who I do like to watch and listen to because he makes me think. Yeah. Thought that it was a good idea to just start stepping with large weighted boots on what is an incredible legacy of one Stan Lee, the man that created Marvel and the entire universe of characters that all of us not hold as some really valuable, quote, literature. Yeah. But that... Who didn't grow up watching... Multi-million dollar franchises have been built on over the course of the last 11 years. And to only say... He's added to the American fabric. You cannot deny abs- that. Without question. Without question. And to reduce that to, eh, made somebody go out and watch a movie or something, is incredibly... Pointed and ill ill willed from him. Do you know what it makes me think of the, the most stupid recent saying? Haters are going to hate. Yeah. Bottom line is that you've known from since when you were a kid. One of the few things that you do not do, in particular when someone has died, is instantly pile on their corpse that is probably still warm. No, I absolutely agree. Uh, it makes that, that, that whole that whole semblance of there being a period of time where we're just going to let it float. We're mm-hmm. gonna we're not gonna stomp hard we, we may get on it later but there's at least some period of time there will be some time where things where there's can, some decorum yeah exactly and that's that's just not there it's like always striking when the iron is hot is not always the best play and this is one case where it isn't somebody just passed there's somebody somebody's mourning the loss of this person and to jump on them because it fits your moral viewpoint that's a lack of manners. That's a lack of decorum, and it should be pointed out as such. Wait. Give some time. Come back and think about what it is that you have a problem with this individual. Decorum says there's absolutely no need to jump on this person's still warm corpse. Have a little bit of taste. Have some decorum. Remember what manners are. Excelsior. 
We've touched on a number of topics where matters decorum comes into it. The last one being, and I think it's uh, really visible today, is fighting in sports. I've been saying for the longest time, first off, full admission, I'm not a huge sports fan. I've watched enough. And the one thing that I, I constantly see is the toleration of bad manners. It used to be once upon a time that there was a code of conduct that was expected, not just of high school players, but of college and professional players as well. And if you didn't meet it, you were booted off the team. Now, anything is tolerated because the first, the holy grail is that talent that we can't possibly replace. Bull. I absolutely say bull. I think if you throw out stipulations in how a person is supposed to carry themselves, conduct themselves, people will rise to it. When you allow people to act like felons and animals. thugs and animals, animals because they can get away with it and maybe that was their their maybe that was their their background and now you're just going to let them continue because of that talent you're not doing anybody any favors right there's several things that I wanted to make sure we talked about here because there's a, a couple of great examples that I wanted to refer to. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, you, you talked about setting a standard or having a code of conduct that would establish a set of standards that athletes inside of any sport could look at and go, yes, we agree to do this. Right. And we will not broach the law of thus. Right. That, all that should be there. Except that it's not. Right. And probably the, the largest hypocritical piece that I... I just I can't even fathom is where that because when somebody stares at a ball going over a wall inappropriately, it suddenly becomes open season to throw a 99 mile an hour fastball at somebody's head. And not even that guy, the next guy. That's asinine. How, any of that or uh, there are several instances in baseball where I've never understood it. The sample is your guy throws at my guy. Well, fine. We then can throw at your guy. Right. Uh, no. No, you can't. You you can't. And the, I, I think the biggest problem I see with that is that I don't think people understand a 99-mile-an-hour fastball at somebody's That's head. That's a weapon. That's absolutely, a deadly weapon. Absolutely. There's a reason that they have batting helmets now. The, the, it is amazing to me that someone has not been killed. No doubt. By any of the myriad of injuries that have occurred over the years. And that that is still some sort of impregnated... And so you get yours law inside of professional baseball is alien to me. All of that should be absolutely hands-off. Any of you that think that it shouldn't be, you're nuts, and I would love to have you on the show right. because I want to understand your perspective other than it's that's the way it's always been done. Right. Right. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that we used to do. Right, just because something was do done anymore. that way does not mean that you continue on right. that way. That, that's the first one that gets me. The last one that gets me, and I, 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 I could not believe what I was watching, uh, I am a football fan, uh, mm-hmm. American football fan, okay. so NFL. All right. And only the NFL. I'm not so much in- interested in the college sports. Okay. Because I realize that college ball is faster and whatever else. I don't know. Right. Maybe it's just that it's always been on a Saturday and I've never been in a Saturday football mood mm-hmm. until the playoffs of the NFL. Right. But I've, I've never I've never had the zeal of college anything in regard to football. Mm-hmm. But for the NFL, there's always a series of teams that spark, spark my interest. Absolutely. Right. And this last weekend, there were a couple of teams. I'm not even going to bother mentioning them because it's not worth that, nor the names. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is that this this incident devolves into two grown millionaires throwing punches at each other, both of which are wearing helmets. And and I, I want to just I want to leave some silent space here 
for everyone to, to understand what I just said. Grown-ass men in front of, I don't know, 60,000 people, let's say, taking fist-bound swings at each other, their faces with helmets on. So career-ending injury to a hand, maybe? <laughs> or it should be anything? That you should get that. Karma, at very least, should well, dish no, that what out. What I'm saying, though, is if, that, if one of those blows would have landed wrong on a helmet mm-hmm. and you ruin your hand, how are you now a receiver at all? You're not. Your career is over. Absolutely, and, and, and I don't understand. Again, what is it? What is it going to take to get to the point where there it, there will be no fighting? If you take a swing of any kind, even if it's just like a a back to hey man, get off me swing, you're right. gone. Right. You're gone. And how about six games? Right. We'll take we'll take a third of the whole season off your schedule, mm-hmm. and you don't get paid. There what do you think? Go. Yeah, absolutely. And, no, and, I absolutely agree. And, with that. and I don't understand how we haven't gotten to that point already because it, it it reminds me very much of the of the the standing for the national anthem thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking that anybody must do exactly what I say, but right. if you are a player and you are being paid by a team, mm-hmm. and the people that run the team say you shall stand or you're right. going to be docked that is a your game workplace. Pay. That is your workplace. Those are the rules of that right. workplace. If you can't follow it, then you don't need to right. work there. Well, no, and see, you can choose to not follow. I guarantee if any of you that are listening today, if you walk into mm. your job and your boss says you may not do blah, right. and you go, you know what? I'm going to do blah. Right. You can. Right. You absolutely can. You have you have every total possibility to go and do blah. Mm-hmm. But then you also have the responsibility to accept the consequences of blah. Right. Once again, which is why I've said that we should be teaching that very concept from the very beginning right. in school. For every action, it, there's a consequence. Learn it. Not only that, and this this is kind of the best wraparound comment okay. for everything that we're talking about. Okay. Stan Lee's, one of his most famous characters was Spider-Man. Yeah. And you have to always remember that with great power comes great responsibility which is almost always in the case of some sort of consequence. And so where are those consequences inside of professional sports and fighting? They really need to be found and and displayed boldly, quickly. Right. I could not agree more. Well, guys, this is the topic that we've been discussing. Manners, decorum. We really want to know how it is that you feel about anything and all of the topics that we talk about. We will be right back for more Wake Sense. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. For most, Friday the 13th means Jason Voorhees. What a lot of people don't know, however, is that there was another Friday the 13th, the television series. 
Join your podcast hosts, Mike and Nick, as they review the search for cursed antique goods during a perspective review of Friday the 13th, the series. It's the Curious Goods Podcast. Check it out now at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Take the usual podcast hosts, and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the podcast Matrix hosting, and experience a completely different world of podcast hosting. What is the podcastmatrix.com? Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with The Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Wade Sense. Mike and I are moving on to I know where I've spent way, way too much time, and that is on YouTube. And sometimes you'll find things that when you get done watching them, it's like going through a pile of National Enquirer. It's like, why? Well, I, I couldn't find anything else to read. I mean, what, what they wrote on the wall would have been better than this. Yeah. But And then the other times you'll find gems. And this was definitely one of those times. I came across something called 34 Years in a California Prison. And this was on a gentleman named Jamie Morgan Kane. Jamie Morgan Kane was, I guess, I guess you call him a career criminal. Sure. He was a Vietnam vet. Little guy. Five, six. Okay. Listening to him go on about his experiences in California prisons for 34 years was, for one thing, he was a very well-spoken, very genial man. And it was so, so enlightening, really. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's something I hope to God I'm never, ever going to experience. And there was a brutality to it that uh, definitely inspired the, the voyeurism, but it was just it was it was so interesting listening to the hierarchies that existed in prison that exist in prison and how he showed how he never wanted to be and ended up the whole time that he was in prison because he was such a ferocious fighter and was such uh, so genial about it at the same time he never ended up having to be a part of any clique he was an independent the whole time he was in there which was a very very rare thing to be and it was just it was fascinating watching this it was uh by a gentleman of the name of sean atwood go check it out that was my first pick mike what have you got i've got something really interesting you're a monty python fan right yes okay so you know the name eric idol oh yes okay well eric idol has a guitar have you ever seen his guitar no 
Okay, well, it's about a half-size guitar, so it's funny looking as shit. <laughs> Almost as funny looking as Eric Idle. But fully functional. Absolutely. Okay. V- definitely very f- fully functional. I am not a Python fan. I know. And I don't much care for Eric Idle. But, but. But, but, but. I did find on YouTube this week a wonderful video from Tested, something that we've talked about before. Yes, yes. Where Adam Savage and his buddies document the creation of Eric Idle's guitar case. Hmm. Guitar case. Case. The case it sits in. The case, right. Okay. And it, it is extraordinary. It, it is almost, it is. It's an hour long, and you're like, wait a minute. You actually sat and watched a guitar case creation for an hour? Yes. Okay. And it is, it's not hypnotic, but there's nothing in it you watch that you can't go, man, I wish this could go faster. It's, you get to, I love that over it's the shoulder. engrossing. Without question. Okay. I love that, that that slow being able to be a fly on the wall as a master craftsman works. Ness. I love that. And you get a wonderful taste of it from this video that we'll link to inside the show notes. Again, it's Adam Savage's one-day build of Eric Idle's guitar case. Incredibly well done and perfect YouTubery. Oh, well, I'm glad that there was some little bit of uh, Monty Python, however slowly related, that mm-hmm. you found that you enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, my other pick is something. Are you familiar with the band Greta Van Fleet? No. Is it related to Greta Van Susteren? <laughs> First thing I thought of. No, actually, Greta Van Fleet. Well, it was named from a little old lady that lived in this little town in Michigan. It was these uh, three young gentlemen, our, our, our brothers. And the fourth, basically, they just call their brother. So they're very talented. They've been doing this for a long time. Like, they were 13 and 14 years old Mm -hmm. playing in bars. Mm. So they're very, very talented gentlemen. But they have a sound that if you love Led Zeppelin, you will immediately, immediately recognize that these are... They're not quite a tribute band because they've got too much talent of their own and they're writing their own music. But... They will, and they readily admit that Led Zeppelin is the, their biggest, strongest influences. I saw an interview with these guys on a radio show, and I'm watching them. I'm watching their interaction, and there were two things that came across extremely well, and that was the talent that was possessed by these young men and their humility and love for each other. But now, all of a sudden, apparently, it is fashionable to hate this band because we all, uh, like they said in the video, uh, Limp Biscuit was a huge band in the 90s, and they sold millions of records. Then all of a sudden, it was fashionable, for whatever reason, to start hating Limp Biscuit. I wasn't really paying attention when they fell off the map. I liked them when they were on. But I didn't know that people were hating this band all of a sudden for being too Led Zeppelin-like. Well, one, there's a whole generation out there that is loving this music that is in their age group who really knows nothing about Led Zeppelin. Two... I saw an interview with Robert Plant, the lead singer for Led Zeppelin, who basically gave his blessing to these guys. They were doing that well of a job, and they're just that infectious and fun to watch. And like this gentleman pointed out at the end of his video, the title of the video is Why People Hate Greta Van Fleet by Rockfeed. And he had some interesting videos as well that I watched. But like he said, okay, if you hate pizza, and you go ahead and you're writing stories about pizza... But they're still selling pizza around the country and around the world, and everybody loves it. Does it really matter? And I was kind of thinking the same thing about another band that people love to hate, and I've never quite understood why. And I know there will be people across the land screaming when they hear this. I, don't, I didn't buy their music, but I never had a problem with Nickelback. 
Was it formulaic? I, I knew somehow you were going to get to Nickelback, and you I'm knew, glad that oh. you did. Yeah, yeah, okay. because I, I'm, I like the music. I do too. It may have been no, formulaic, no. but who cares? I, I, I thought it was I, well done. I call shenanigans on somebody walking up and saying, you know, that music that millions of people listen to, it's so formulaic, and so it's all crap, and yeah. by the way, everybody should hate them. They did the same huh? thing with Hootie and the Blowfish, remember? But supposedly there are millions and millions of albums that were sold across the land. I, I, I don't have much time for that, because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, you know that music is successful because it's incredibly formulaic. Right. What? Right. Who cares what you think? You're just going to hate. Haters are going to hate. Yes. It's like how I feel about wine. I don't know anything about wine. I personally love Arbor Mist. I don't give a crap if you think less of me for liking Arbor Mist because I like it. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. And Greta Van Fleet is an extremely talented band. Catch all of their videos on YouTube. Uh, Their whole album is available on YouTube, and it is so worth the listen. These young men are going to go very far, and I, I'm loving watching their careers blossom. Mm, mm. I like them. I like them. I, Mike, you got another one? I do. My last one to finish up this segment is an interview with Robert O'Neill. Do you know who Robert O'Neill is? Robert Francis O'Neill? No, I'm thinking of Rourke. No, okay, no. I don't know who he is. Okay. Do you know who Ed Milet is? Nope. Okay. Well, now that you're over for 2... <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Do you know who Bin Laden is? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, just checking, because I wasn't quite sure. Okay. Okay, well, Robert O'Neill is the man that killed Osama Bin Laden. Oh. And Ed Milet is the guy that interviewed him in a number of different interviews. Right. Uh, Robert O'Neill has been interviewed by just about everybody on the planet that's worth any salt. Okay. But inside of this YouTube-based interview, uh-huh. I thought it was very revealing, because... Obviously, inside of this interview, it is not polished. It's just a couple of guys sitting down. There is a formal camera in proximity, mm-hmm. but there there is very little in the way of, okay, I need you to act prim and proper. You need to be very soldier-like. That's not what happens mm-hmm. inside this video. And I, I thought it was incredibly valuable because in addition to giving some really great detail of the bin Laden process of not only just finding him, but also killing him and then the subsequent efforts afterwards there's a lot of really revealing information here that you probably will not see elsewhere and it's because it is off the cuff it is because there are several times where ed Milet tells robert o'neill you know it, it i would like you to be very candid take, take the humble hat off for a moment okay and just just be real with me for a minute mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. and i really appreciate that because there are several things that robert o'neill talks about inside of many of his engagements during speaking lectures mm-hmm. And one of the things that he talks about is that there's there's a lot of people that don't understand the form and function of what we are doing as especially an American military. Okay. And then he prattles off a couple of really great points that remind me of our initial segment today where we talked about the things you learned when you were in kindergarten right. that are foundational, that are fundamental, that you know you may not like them all, but there's a reason they're there. Right. There's a lot of that inside of this interview that is an uh, an accomplished, over 400 combat missions Navy SEAL, sharing with Ed Milet, but then also us in proximity. I love watching really good interviewers, and I will definitely watch this. I can't wait to to link up and watch it. It is is excellent, and every other interview that I've seen with this guy is just balls to the wall awesome. This one is, without question, the best one that I've seen, and it's because of that ability to take the humble hat off for just a moment, two or three times during the interview, and get some... You can see he's he's just having a conversation. Right. It's not a it's not pub it's not polished structure 
of, okay, now we're going to talk about blah segment. Okay, now stop for a minute. And now we're going to talk about this and this next one. You ready? Okay, and here we go. We're both it, a fan of nuances. Yeah, and, and, and there's a lot of nuance inside of this interview that I think everybody's going to enjoy. Again, we'll link it up inside the show notes, inside the YouTubery section of this episode of Wade Sense over at wadesense.com. Wisdom of the Ages is one of our segment ideas that I'm very, very proud of because I want to do, I want our podcast to do things that other podcasts aren't even attempting to do. And that is to enlighten, to be thought provoking. And Wisdom of the Ages, a lot of times, most of the time, is about going as far back in time as possible. But every now and then I find a quote, a thought, something from right now that really does make me think. This is from a gentleman by the name of Dan McLaughlin, who goes by uh, at Baseball Crank. It's not how our side sees things. It's how others see everything. If someone says things you disagree with, get them banned or fired. If someone donates to a candidate you dislike, campaign to blackball them. Civil reason debate is dying, being killed in America. He says this in response to another text from, or from another tweet from a Seth Mandel. I can't understand trying to get someone kicked off of social media because you think they're obnoxious. Just mute them or block them. It's just a very weird phenomenon to me. Obviously, plenty of people cross lines on here, but others just annoy you so you report them? It's strange. And I, I can't think of just how strange it has gotten. What yeah. just happened is like, I don't agree with you, but I'm going to agree to disagree. Shake your hand. We'll talk about something else or we'll go our separate ways. That just doesn't happen anymore. People just flat out say... I don't want to hear what you have to say. And not only do I not want to hear what you have to say, I'm making damn sure I'm going to do everything in my power that you don't get to say it so anyone else can hear it. That's insane. Civil discourse is being killed. I, I just, I had to share that. That's a good share. It's a good share. My share for Wisdom of the Ages, I'm not going to go back in time, frankly, at all. Okay. I'm going to go back to about three or four hours ago when I watched this Robert O'Neill video. Okay. This interview with Ed Milet. All right. And I'm going to use a quote from that interview that I'm certain he said it before because he mentioned it in kind of passing inside of this most recent interview. But it's incredibly poignant and it's short. Okay. And it's where Robert O'Neill looks at the camera or looks at, looks at Ed Milet and he says, The troop commander's name was Rich, whatever Rich's last name was. Mm. He was one of the best leaders I've ever known. His motto, which I've stolen from him and used on many occasions, is nobody ever worked for me. They worked with me. And it's something I hope that I've carried into my small businessdom because while I will absolutely hope that I know more than the people I work with, I know I don't know everything about everything on planet Earth and expect someone to know more than me about many things that I don't know about. And so having this as a foundation, regardless of who you are, is an incredible perspective to have because you're working with somebody, not for somebody. It's definitely a more attractive option. It's better to feel like you're pulling evenly on the yoke than pulling the yoke for yeah. somebody. And what it also gives you is it gives you that, that sense that you have skin in the game. Yeah. And I know that anybody will fight for more of anything when they feel that they have some sort of skin in the game in regard to whatever mm -hmm. than if you feel like you don't. It really is night and day difference. There's no question. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Mike, I just wanted to take a minute and 
I don't know about you, but I am so easily entertained, and so many of the dumb things that I do, I find entertaining and make me laugh. One that has developed over time, I don't know anybody, I guess you could call it a form of, of Tourette's. I'll be sitting in traffic, or maybe I'm literally just driving along, and for whatever reason, I, I, I have no idea why, I have got to like clap out a beat. Just either sitting there in traffic or driving along or whatever, just... I have no idea why. Is it always misshapen like that, or does it actually have a pattern? <laughs> sometimes, yes. Sometimes, no. Sometimes, it's just drumming on things, whatever. That's one of them. But the other one, and I guarantee you, I'm probably the only person on the planet that does do this. You know that I love to eat pistachios. No, I did not know that. Oh, all right. Well, Was I, I supposed to know that from your green hue? <laughs> no, I just I thought I'd, that at some point I had said it's 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 a it's a habit that I started a couple years ago, mm-hmm. trying to eat something healthy while I'm driving along, so I'm not just inhaling potato chips. So I eat pistachios. So I always have a little container of pistachio nuts. Do you like bubble wrap? Whenever you get it, do you are you one of the do you no, have to crap all of it? I don't have it. You nope. really don't, I don't have, have any that. weird quirks. Okay, well the one that I have developed at some point was. I'll be sitting in an intersection, and I will take my jar of seeds, and I'll put them out on the side of the road, and then I will slowly drive off, and I will have my car in a bubble wrap moment. So I hear the popping of the shells as I'm slowly driving away. That's probably about as weird as it's going to get. That's good. I'm glad you took all that time to get prepared for this episode of Wade Sense, rather than playing more bubble wrap moments inside of your vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, I'm I'm, I'm professional to the core. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, if you've listened... Wait wait a minute. What? You don't get to scoot out from underneath that so quick. What the hell did you bring that up for, Wade? What did I bring that up for? Um, Everybody, thanks for coming to listen to Wade Sense. By the way, bubble wrap moment. (laughs) Awesome! Call out to the audience if you can. Please, folks, if there's anybody out there that can show that I'm not the complete lunatic in the room and there's other people that have really, really weird habits, quirks, <laughs> whatever, since apparently Mike is absolutely devoid no. of any of no, them. No, I'm certain or that I have some. No, he, no, Mike, no, 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 no. Here, here's Mike. Mike is holding the cards very close to his chest, so <laughs> we're not going to know what weirdness exists in Mike's house. No, I, I hold on. I saw a terrible movie this last oh, weekend. Wait, Mike's going to be honest. Okay, hang on. Everybody listen. <laughs> It was terrible because it had Marky Mark in it. I like Mark Wahlberg. He's good. As an actor, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's, he's, well, he's got his moments, for he sure. Did, he does have his moments. This was not one of them. Okay. And unfortunately, I love the director, too. Okay. And so I'm like, what the hell happened here? He plays a character that is a special operator character, again. And inside of this movie, he's got this rubber band flicky thing on his wrist. Okay. And he's popping it because as a child, he had to use it to try and and, and tamper down all of his ADD, HD, PD, LMS, Q, P, R, S, T, Y stuff. And it, it was so annoying. Like it was really if, annoying you just if, watch him if, do it? If, you, if you'd never heard that, uh, in particular when someone has like a real problem with it where – Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to have this rubber band-like thing on your wrist, and you're going to snap it every time that you have a problem, okay? Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be where, okay, and so eventually someone's going to be holding their arms up, snapping it in front of everybody in a room so that they know that you actually do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what it felt like inside the movie. It's like, okay, we get it. The guy is somehow broken, and him being able to snap this rubber band thing keeps him in line, I guess? 
Okay, I get it. And just take it as a nuance of the character and move it, on, I guess. I, I, I so wanted to like it, too, because there's, without blowing the throughput of the movie, there's lots of twisty turnies, and I like twisty turnies. Yeah, so do I. I, I like action. I like twisty turnies. I like vibrant moments that can be remembered to herald something inside of entertainment. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter what genre. I don't care. But you take all the things that we just talked about and you put those into a moment that you will remember and it instantly becomes something different than just you wasting your time for an hour and 39 minutes in front of a television. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. I did not love this. Okay. But that's one of the things is that was his little Piccadillo slash quirk slash... You know the the thing that stands off, and I I I know that I've got some of those, uh, but, but you I literally don't, don't know what they I, are. I don't know how I I don't know how I recognize it. Like, do I always put my notebook computer out with my left hand, strangely, and plug it in simultaneously, always, every single time? I okay. I don't I, I don't register anything like that. So what you're trying to say is that you're not self aware in that way. Like if, I'm always if, aware if I was, of what I'm doing. Like I always if, think there should be a laugh track in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't recognize that I am doing something, and I think maybe that a piece of that is because I'm I'm a seasoned podcast editor, and I know when somebody lurches into the front of the microphone and goes, they they'll smack their lips before they speak. Mm -hmm. Well, I know how that drives me nuts, so I don't do it. Oh, okay. I understand that. So maybe it's just that I've, I'm recognizing a bunch of other picadillos that people do and have. Maybe. And I don't emulate them because I know how frustrating or, like, what the hell's going on with that it is when I when, when I see that. I don't know. I don't know. I I just, I, I, I someone would have to tell me That's if I had one. Maybe she knows. Maybe she's noticed. Maybe. She, she's never heard of or seen somebody that has the rubber band thing. And so she also asked about it, and she's deaf. So, like, hmm. she would have to physically see somebody snapping something like that. Right, okay. And she, she, she's like, why, why is he, what is he doing there? With and it's very clear. They, they explain it inside of, the, inside of the dialogue of the movie that he's doing that because that was instituted as a child to tamper down... A lot of his feelings and acting out and right. blah. Right, I get that. But she'd that. never seen anything like that. Because throughout the whole movie, it's just. Hmm. So it's and really, he's, really he's, apparent that he's, he's doing in the it. middle of this very manic speech, and I'm like, it doesn't look like the rubber band shit did anything for him. It's not. It's not helping him calm down. That's for damn sure. No, no. And so I, I, you stack that on top of what was a very frenetic movie, and it, 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 it never stopped for a moment. To give you pause beyond the 25th, 25th, 30th minute. And so you never have a, there, there's no flux inside of a, a pace of a storyline. Okay. It's all just on over. Okay. And I don't dig that. Folks, we hope that you have enjoyed listening to our podcast as much as we have recording it. I want to wish you all the very best day. And as always, folks, remember, you can either make excuses or you can have results, but you cannot do both. My name is Wade D. Olson, and this has been Wade Sense.
Excelsior. Okay. Excelsior? That's what Stanley said when he would sign off. Excel- oh, I did not know that. Now you know. What does it mean? And knowing is half the battle. That was his general <laughs> That was his general goodbye note. What does Excelsior mean? Excelsior. Uh, I don't know what it means. It's, oh, okay. it's the general goodbye hailing signal of Juan Stanley. Oh, okay. That's very cool. What did it sound off? Like? 